Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Looking over the middle. Pocket collapses. He takes off to the goal line. Touchdown, Stidham. Six the hard way. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R from Raider Chavez, 916 at Sacramento, California. Paige and Chandler Jones, we cannot let the Broncos offense get going on Sunday. We need you to show up. I'll be in Vegas tomorrow starting my pregame for Sunday. Go Raiders again. Raider Chavez in the 916. Joining us now on the phone lines is the voice of the silver and black. You heard him right there as we came back. That's Jason Horowitz. And Jason, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. It's always great to catch up with you, my man. And it's been three regular season games. It's been three losses. Then they've been, well, they've been different styles. They've been very uh, exciting. Then, of course, at the end, uh, not, the, not the outcome that anybody wanted. But so far in your, your young Raider experience through three weeks of the regular season, what has been your overall feelings? So, so two questions. One, if Raider Chavez from the uh, 916 starts his pregame, will he make it to Sunday? <laughs> hey, Raider Nation goes hard, Jason. Raider Nation goes hard. They, they start yesterday. <laughs> no, I know. I just want I just want to make sure because, remember, we're coming in with a background here of, like, it's been a tough three weeks. So, like, <laughs> I just would like to advise Raider Nation, like, go hard, be ready. But, um, you know, it, it's been a rough couple of days. So, like, you know, let's, let's, let's make sure we make it to Sunday. That's number one. <laughs> number two... <laughs> I love that. I love that you just said three straight weeks, three straight losses, but you brought us back in with the preseason victory. Right, right. <laughs> that exactly. was me. I knew your name was in it. <laughs> are we going? Are we trying to get the, the the momentum going? Are we trying to get the good? Like, what would that be? The the Uchi, the the. the the good feeling yeah, of, uh, of what it was like in August. Yes. That hasn't felt that way in September. I'm doing my part. I'm just doing my part to try to make the mojo feel you. a little bit better. Good for you. I it's It absolutely has happened in three different ways, um, except for one consistency. And the one constant in terms of how it's gone wrong or how they've lost is that they in, in all three games, one half has been outstanding and the other half has been awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that has been the consistent part of the three games. The Chargers, first half, offensively bad, uh, and defensively for that matter. Second half, you know, defensively after the first drive was great. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively up and down the field, but the interception. Arizona, we don't even have to relive that. We know what that was for a second half. And then Tennessee flip it. First half defense awful. Second half defense shutout, um, and so I, the other thing that has to change, and they know this. Hugh, we talked about this in the preseason. The big focal point was red zone offense and red zone defense, and and on the offensive side, it is statistically worse this year than last year, and that is hard to believe because they bring in Devontae Adams, who's the best red zone wide receiver in terms of touchdowns in the NFL in the last eight year, uh, seven years. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the one part, if you, because if you just change that one time in all of these games, we're talking about 2-1, and 3-0, oh, not 0-3, oh and, and that's the difference. 
It really is. And, you know, as far as the red zone goes and even the offense in general, it just feels like that everyone's not on the same page. And, you know, this is going to happen when you don't have preseason games. Your your broadcast partner, Lincoln, says it all the time. He wished that some of these guys had played in the preseason. But, Jason, they wouldn't have seen the kind of defenses that they're seeing in the preseason no. anyways. So how quickly do you think they might be able to get up to speed so they can be on the same page? Are they up to speed? They have to be. You would have – I mean – this, I don't. I don't think that holds water anymore. Okay. Um, and and uh, see, you know, you're going to have Link on the show later today. So see if he, if he feels that it still does three games in. But but if that was still the case, you know, 15 years ago, the starters wouldn't have played more than two games. Um, so by game one, two, you're completely up to speed. So I, I don't think that's the case anymore. I really don't. Um, so so we'll see what he says uh, when when you talk to him later today. But, man, I, there's, there are so many things that people have pointed to about, hey, this needs to be better, that needs to be better. Link has talked about all, in all three games, Derek Carr is known for his accuracy, and he is. He's a very accurate passer. He's a 65%, 66% career passer. He's at 60% this year. That's got to change. There's a lot of that that has to go around. No, it does. You know, and again, I think everyone's searching for answers. They're tr- trying to figure out exactly what the, the biggest issue is. But, you know, to me, I just don't see these guys all – I don't know. It just The communication seems like to be off. I mean, like the last game, you saw Darren Waller and Devontae Adams basically in the same area in the end zone. Like, that's not what they were going for. I mean, right? right. I mean, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what they were going to go for. So, you know, Josh McDaniels, I know you guys meet with him in your production meetings. I mean, how – does he still feel pretty up-tempo and upbeat about this team? Yeah, well, so it changes a little bit during the regular season than it does during the preseason in terms of you know meeting and getting together with, with Coach McDaniel. So uh, JT sits down with him every week, and you see it out on social media and, yeah. and in the pregame show. And, um, you know, obviously the TV crews from CBS uh, and last week with Fox, they'll, they'll meet with him and sit down with him. I, look, I, I, I think you're getting... I, I think he is the same demeanor through the first three weeks uh, of the regular season and as we saw in the preseason, except for the fact that the pressure's amped up. He, he knows. They, they know. Mm-hmm. They know that they're better than 0-3. Uh, your record is what you are, but they know that they shouldn't be 0-3. And so, and so they feel it. They, you know, Derek Carr is, 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 is captain optimistic. I, I, I think he is. He, it doesn't ever seem like he's panicked. Uh, which is which is I think what you'd want from your quarterback, right? Um, but but he but he knows they they know. Uh, so so let's see if they bring it all out against the Broncos and and we get a totally different performance on Sunday. I I hope I hope all that frustration boils over into a buzzsaw. But that being said, Q, it's not like Broncos fans are like, oh, we're great. They <laughs> right. they also hope all of that frustration from their offense. Uh, is is put into a buzzsaw against the Raiders. Right. Yeah, no, they're not very good. They're, I mean, they, and, and look, but to their credit, they found a way to win two games, you know, even though they're not That's very right. good. So, I mean, like you said, you are what your record is right now, and Denver feels at least, hey, we found well, ways to win. Nine sacks. Right. That you deep, know? yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that, you know, you've got, what? what is it, seven? How many forced fumbles? Seven forced fumbles? I believe so, yeah. Seven forced fumbles, yep. nine sacks? I mean, that that's that's how you find ways to win exactly exactly the Raiders have two sacks right now uh, on the season and both of them by Max Crosby again we're talking with Jason Horowitz the voice of the silver and black here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and a say roughness demand has got one for you 
you mentioned Coach McDaniels and his demeanor, how it's different from preseason, but when you're in the booth and you're watching the games, have you noticed a difference on the sidelines from when the Raiders, when they're having that one good half and then they have that terrible half, whether it be the first or the second? Are you noticing the players on the sidelines and is there a different energy? I don't believe in momentum, but do you see a different energy on the sidelines when you're watching the game? So it's tough to completely tell from some of the vantage points. Um, but I, I, the one that stands out is, and I don't think it's an energy, I think it was an exhaustion. The one that stands out was where the players were between end of regulation and overtime in the Cardinals game. Yeah. Because, you know, the coin toss, hey, we're going to overtime, are we going back out on the field, is the offense going out on the field, those guys were all sitting down. Because the, the Cardinals had just marched on a 17 or 18 play drive, whatever it was, and then scored on the two-point conversion. And they had chased around Kyler Murray for the entire second half, and they were exhausted. And even during the kickoff, seven or eight of the starters who were going back out um, were, were, were sitting down until it was time to hop back out there. So I don't know if it was down energy or just pure exhaustion. There's no way to know from where we were. Um, but, 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 you know, they've got to come out with some fire on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They did it against the Cardinals. They've got to do it against the Broncos. And, and and then they got to carry that energy over to the second half. Right. Um, yep. So we'll see. You know, that's, that, I mean, a four-quarter game. That's what we've been talking about for a while. They just haven't done it. Like you mentioned, so far this year, the consistent is they haven't had a consistently uh, good game. The whole four quarters have not been consistently good. And I'll tell you this about that Cardinal game, Jason. I was exhausted at the end of the day. Right? Uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> you remember me dancing beforehand? Yes, yes. <laughs> It was it was complete exhaustion afterwards. <laughs> yes, that was. I mean, that was exhausting. I mean, I literally got to the house. I parked in the driveway and I just sat there for a minute. I was and I think I was texting with you and I was just like, I'm exhausted and I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do well, anything. And, and, <laughs> you know, and 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 here's the other part. This is every team got this. You know, ask the ask Chargers fans right now how they feel about injuries. You know, none of their stars are playing right, right. now. But but we're talking about the defense, and the defense you know, it has to have be better throughout consistently throughout the game because in certain halves they've been fantastic. The Cardinals first half, I think they held them to 82 yards. Titans second half last week, they were outstanding. But you're starting to look at a whole bunch of guys that are, hey, where are they? And I, I just looked at the injury reports from today. We already know Anthony Averett at least for one more game because he's on IR. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate Hobbs. We had the red jersey on today. He's dealing with the concussion, but he had the red jersey, non-contact jersey. So that's that's two guys that you count on. Trayvon Merrig has been inactive two straight weeks, and he's been limited back-to-back days. So we don't know whether he'll be back Sunday against the Broncos. And and Rocky Asin's dealing with a knee injury. He was limited again. And Sam Webb, who was not on the injury report yesterday, was limited today with a hamstring injury. Right. Yep. So so there, there's so much to all of this with 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 where we are and and I know Russell Wilson and the Broncos I know Russell Wilson and the Broncos offense has really struggled through the first three games but at some point you do say hey it's still Russell Wilson yep um, so we'll see 
Jason, I know that this was the big news of the day yesterday, but I still want to get your take on it. When you hear about a players-only meeting after the team is now 0-3, Hughes mentioned it that he said, hey, you can only pull that card once. But do you think that you're going to be looking for some things to see if maybe there's a difference with the team after they have the big players-only meeting this early in the season? I hope so. I hope so. And that gets back to your energy question. Um, and I'm with you. I, I think that's a one-time thing. Because because here's the reality. If it you, you wouldn't use it again unless things continue to go south. And at that point, um, you know, they're professionals. They're going to play it out. But if we're talking about two and six, what's, what's, the, what's the players only meeting at that point, right? At that point, what's, it, it, you know, you hope the season hasn't gotten away from them. So mm. they have to stop it now. There are way too many veterans on this roster who know what it takes to get to the playoffs and know what it takes to have winning regular seasons and know they're close. That's the other thing. You know, Darren Waller talked at the uh, at the end of last week about, hey, you know, one play is not going to define me, and, and, and there's a lot of stuff that he does really well. Um, he knows how close they are. He knows, he's, as he said, hey, i got to make that play. He knows. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams knows where they are. They know what routes they're supposed to be running, and only those guys know um, what's being said about them compared to what's actually true, right? There's a lot that's been Dan Orlovsky with what he said this week. He can see it. But he doesn't know with what Derek Carr is saying with, with Josh McDaniels. Right. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's saying. He can see the coverage. I trust what he's saying in that. But he doesn't know what the conversations. And we can speculate about what's being said. But only they know. So mm-hmm. having the players only meeting, they, they came to they, those guys came to this organization to join a team that had building blocks last year and had this brand new stadium and all of this excitement around it to be better than 0-3. And, and so I, I let's I hope that gets put into the Broncos this weekend. Right. Yeah, it, it really needs to be. I mean, it's a it's a division game and and look, for them the division hasn't gotten away, right? The AFC West hasn't That's been right. as good as what we all thought it was going to be, so it's still right there. They just got to get things going. Again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Jason, we started off the show and I asked the question, what Raider Nation thought the identity of this team should be given the personnel. What do you think you know, with all the talent that they have, especially offensively, what do you think the, the identity that the Raiders are going for? So what do I think that – so I guess that's two questions. I'm curious what, what Raider Nation thought first before I give you what I think. Well, a, a lot of Raider Nation thinks it should be a, a up-tempo kind of pass first team, and, and then once they get a lead, especially with the personnel that they have right now, then all of a sudden kind of salted away with the with the run game. Me, personally, I just think that it needs to be have a quicker rhythm like they did in, in preseason where they were snapping the ball with 10, 11 seconds just to keep yeah. the defense kind of on their heels a little bit. Yeah, so to me, when they say, when, when they have been at their best offensively, it has been a lot more uh, on run drives. Um, they have, and, and you can see it some of the video breakdowns this week from, from folks who cover the team, they moved the Titans off the ball. They moved Jeffrey Simmons around. They did a good job. Their Munford played very well. Um, Alex Barris, for the most part, played very well. Like They did a very good job moving guys off the ball, running the ball, wearing down defenses, taking seven, eight-minute drives. The, what was the opening time of the Cardinals drive? Eight yes, minutes, nine almost minutes? minutes. Yeah, almost eight minutes. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the opening second, not the opening second uh, half of the Titans game. Mm-hmm. They, when they got the ball, they they took fourteen, fifteen plays. They, they are possessing the ball. They can do that. They are converting. Where they're not converting is the red zone. So 
I listen. You, what's the best way to to wear down another team? To to what we use, you know, in, uh, inflict your will on the other team. Yeah, lean on them. It's to run the ball on them. Yep. And and Josh Jacobs has been over five yards a carry twice already this year. They can do that. Um, the question is, will they? Right now, what are they? I believe the number is seventy-one percent pass, twenty-nine percent run. It's it's too unbalanced. It's too unbalanced. They need to be more balanced, and it has to happen from the beginning. Yeah, no, and and that's that's a great way to break it down and, and put it into perspective. And yeah, I mean, you lean on those guys; uh, they're going to get tired, right? The defense is going to get tired and kind of break their break their will to do what they do. And they have a tough defense coming to town on Sunday uh, with the Denver Broncos. Man, if they get a chance to pin their ears back and get after Derek Carr, it could be a long day at the office. Let me let me ask you this: uh, It has nothing to do with actual game, but what are your expectations for Allegiant Stadium for the environment that you expect to see from Raider Nation, especially knowing what they did against the Cardinals? Nervous. <laughs> and, and fewer people leaving. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think, I, first of all, it's a division game, right? So, yep. so the fact that it's Raiders and Broncos, and I believe it's the 124th meeting and, and all of that stuff. So that, that's the first part. Um, the second part is, okay, you, you get to the home opener and everybody's all excited about it, and you put up a 20 nothing halftime lead and you feel pretty comfortable about that. And, and, and so obviously it didn't go that direction. But you go from 0-1 coming home to now being 0-3 coming home and knowing that this is a game. We've talked about must-win games, but this is a must-win game. You know, it, it is. And to have that against a team that's 2-1 and with Russell Wilson um, and a defense that's as good as the Broncos have so far through the first three games of the season, I, I would expect this a strong sense of anxiety uh, in, the, in the crowd that will feel loud if the Raiders can get a lead. That's the thing. They had the lead. The crowd was loud. It was awesome. They've got to do that again. It has to happen again. All right, going to close up with a real hard-hitting question for Uh-oh. you. You had a tweet, real love bursting out of every seam. You know, a lyric yeah. from the uh, Family Matters theme song. Is that right. the best theme song in sitcom history to you? <laughs> um, it depends. How, like, so what, so how... <laughs> Is it only nighttime sitcom, or could it be like Saved by the Bell? Oh, you're going to go with like, Saved by the Bell over Family Matters? No, no, no I'm asking. Like, no, no, any, I'm anything asking song you want now. I'm just asking because like, that would have been like a Saturday morning daytime. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, <laughs> 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 my homework last night. So, like, it can be... We what 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 are the parameters for what we're going to go with? No, You know what? Just any comedy, then. <laughs> You beat I mean, him. Today's the anniversary, so I I no, I would say Cheers. Cheers oh, yeah. is mm, That's a classic. And, and, I, and, I, and the reason it comes to mind is because also today is the, I believe it's the 40th anniversary of the first ever episode of Cheers. Nice. But, but, but tell me someone who doesn't know where everybody knows your name. I've been, I've been, I've been Norm a few times, Jason. I've been Norm. I'm just saying. Have you? Oh yeah. yeah have you? Oh yeah. <laughs> what you, have you decided? Uh, have you decided a Halloween costume yet? No, I don't it's do Halloween. The, I don't do Halloween. What do you mean? You He's don't a do monster. Halloween. I don't do Halloween. I don't celebrate Halloween. I don't. I don't really like to even. I don't even put up a Christmas tree for Christmas. I'm that guy. Why? I don't, I'm, Why? I'm, I'm, <laughs> believe me, I'm just not that guy. I don't even turn on my light on Halloween. I, I turn it off so people don't come and knock on the door. So, Q, maybe this is because I'm Jewish and we don't celebrate Christmas. 
I'd be the person who would leave Christmas lights up all 12 months of year because I don't know anybody who's like, oh, God, it's Christmas lights. But now I just met somebody who just said that. Well, you, so that's, you're the guy. You know what I would do? And this is no joke. If you, if I saw your house with Christmas lights all year long, I would come try to sell you a Kirby. When I used to sell Kirby's, that was – no, seriously, and this was our reason for doing this. And I, 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 I always put game up on the radio. I used to go and target houses that did that because I felt like people were lazy and wouldn't take them down, and so they thought that they had a machine that would help clean their house easier, so they would, they would have a tendency to buy it. Real story. And I just want to confirm that a Kirby is a vacuum, right? Yes. That's a vacuum cleaner? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> $2,000, Jason, $2,000 vacuum. I just, I just wanted to make sure because I wasn't sure if that was like something that Raider Nation has that's unique to Raiders. That I need to know about. So no. I just want to make sure that a Kirby is a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, yeah, you're good. It's a vacuum. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> See, uh, well, no. Listen, I we're gonna, my kids. Halloween's not even. It's not even October yet. And three or four days ago, my kids are like, "Hey, can we can we put the Halloween decorations out?" I'm like, "Yep." That's, Let's go. That's Can hilarious. We get a bigger blow up this year. Maybe we get a ten foot dinosaur for the front lawn. <laughs> you guys are insane. The wife would be happy. The wife loves Halloween. She always gets mad every time this time of year comes around because I don't do anything for it. I was like, yeah, that's on you. You do it. I got work to there, do. There are way too many things that make people unhappy to be unhappy about <laughs> things that make kids happy. And Q, you're the guy. We've I, I, I found it. You're the guy. There you go. Hey, I try my best. <laughs> I try my best, Jason. I try to uh, I try to please in any way I can. And so yeah, it's it's <laughs> not necessarily kid friendly, but it's friendly enough. So there's all right. There's that. Well, Jason, it's it's great to catch up with you as always, my man. I'm sure I'll see you Sunday at the torch and uh, have a hell of a call with you and Lincoln. And uh, hopefully, we're talking about a W next week. All right, Brad. I'll see you at the torch Sunday morning. All right, there he goes. Jason Horowitz right there. We learned a lot about Jason, too. He's got a big old uh, blow-up for Halloween. I do not. You know, I'm serious. <laughs> for anyone who just tuned in, I turned the lights off on Halloween. I don't even think about no Halloween stuff. I don't go get no candy, and especially after the experience I had earlier this week with the Reezys, I'm not even touching that. I'm not even, I might not ever eat a Reezy again. Seriously, I gave my Reezy away. I had... I had, what, three the other day, and I had one left in the four-pack, and I gave it to Jed. I was like, hey, you want this? He said, why? I said, because I'm having a bad show, and it's this, it's his Reezy's fault. And he's like, well, I ain't got no show to do, so I'm good. So there's that. I might not ever eat a Reezy again. Jed looks so nonsense. Like, he's, like, so no, no nonsense. Right. He doesn't look like he would even eat candy. Oh, yeah, but he does. He does, because he took that thing like it was, uh, you know, a million dollars. He's like, yeah, I'll take it. No problem. 324 is the time. Many thanks to Jason Horowitz. Coming up next, we got a couple texts we'll get to. Plus, Ted Wynn from The Athletic. He'll talk about Devontae Adams, Derek Carr, the connection and the disconnection going on between the guys. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a text on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R from Sir Whiskey Ray. Say Q&D is a great topic today here, gentlemen. I believe our Raiders' identity needs to be play four quarters of complete football. Our defense needs to cause havoc when attacking the quarterback by causing sacks and turnovers. Our offense needs to execute by keeping drives alive and scoring touchdowns and less field goals. And finally, I can't forget special teams. Punting away and making sure that we don't give our opponents great field position, pinning them deep inside the 10-yard line is ideal. I'll also throw this in. 
not making dumb penalties. We have to play smart football. Thanks, gentlemen. Let's go Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And a guy that could talk to us about the Raiders offense is our good friend Ted Wynn from The Athletic. And Ted joins us now on the phone lines to talk about his piece. He put out why the Raiders' Derek Carr, Devontae Adams' connection is off to a slow start. And Ted, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. And, you know, it's it's been a tale of, I guess, three different weeks, right? There was Derek Carr to Devontae Adams week one, and then there was Devontae Adams and Derek Carr week two and three, and it's been a lot different. What has been the reason that you see on film from for the for the differences between the three weeks? Well, you know, I, I think in week two and three, the defense has definitely made a much stronger effort to take Adams away from the game with uh, bracket coverages and double coverages and just keeping a safety over the top of them. And, you know, this is a, um, I mean, he, he's used to this. You know, he's seen this type of coverage and this type of attention. Um, at, during his time at Green Bay, I believe at um, some points of you know last year or the year before, he was the most doubled receiver in football. So he, he understands how this works. But I think for Derek Carr and the rest of his Raiders offense, they're trying to figure out uh, when do we force feed him, when do we go to him despite double teams, and when do we look elsewhere. And you know one of the luxuries of this offense and having a guy like Darren Waller and. Uh, Hunter Renfro and now Mac Holland says you don't have to force feed him all the time, but at the same time you don't want to go too far away from Devonte Adams that you know you don't involve him in the game plan. So I, I think right now um, the Raiders and Derek Carr just kind of having a difficult time navigating that. Uh, I think eventually they're going to figure it out. When I'm you know watching a film, there's just so many opportunities downfield that um, they're just missing. They're so close to being an explosive offense, but they're just not quite there yet. You know, and you mentioned in your piece that, you know, because a lot of people are saying, well, he's not looking at Devontae Adams, and that really comes from the whole Dan Orlovsky piece that he put out on ESPN and whatever. That got a lot of traction, but you put out in your piece that not only is he looking at Devontae Adams, sometimes he's looking at him too long. So, I mean, is it just a feel type thing as, okay, now it's that's not going to work, so let's go to someone else like an open Darren Waller. As, as you pointed out in your piece, there was multiple times where Waller was wide open. Yeah, I think it's just a, a feel type of thing. I think it's also um, just learning how long you want to look at Devontae Adams and how long you want to let his route develop before you move on to somebody else. Because there, there were times, as, as Orlowski pointed out, where he should have uh, looked at Adams. And there were times that I saw in the film where he looked at Adams too long and it, it led to, you know, an incomplete pass or the pressure getting to him or just a, a, a really bad short pass. Um, so I, I just think the, the timing is just off right now with when they, you know, he wants to keep looking at Waller or, when he, or Adams and when he doesn't want to look at Adams. Um, so it's just kind of an interplay that they, they're trying to figure out um, and, and, and balance. And I think they'll get there. It's just not, it's just not happening as quick as people wanted to, obviously. Is it something that you feel like they could have worked on in preseason? Because the coverages weren't obviously going to be the same that they're seeing right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I think there's some offensive issues that could have been worked out if, um, you know, with some more preseason reps. But as far as this, like you said, I, I don't think they're going to see the coverages that they're seeing now in preseason because, in preseason, th- people are going to keep things pretty vanilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Again, we're talking with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. My man demond has got one for you. Yeah, in cover seven, it seems like the Raiders are seeing that a lot as teams. They're trying to bracket off Adams and Waller. Is these from these past two games? Are the is the team missing Hunter Renfro a little bit? Because I know Mac Hollins had the game, but if you're going to double coverage Adams and Waller, that Renfro would just be underneath a little bit more if he was available. 
Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, anytime you're missing a guy like uh, Renfro, you're going to miss it. But I think in particular when, you know, a game like um, Tennessee where he would see a ton of single coverage, I think, you know, he would have helped the offense stay on schedule a little bit more. Uh, just, you know, being able to beat those one-on-ones in, in a short area of the field and in an intermediate part of the field. And also about Derek Carr, when it seems to be maybe he's looking at Devontae a little bit longer on those plays, even if he is staring him down a little bit too much, would it would it have been the right read in the ones that you look in the plays that you looked at? Was Devontae Adams still the right read to look at? So it's not that he's targeting him too much, but he is just going through his progressions. Uh, I think that's hard to say because I'm not sure exactly what he's being taught um, and where he's being taught to look at Adams or when he's being taught to uh, kind of let Adams route develop a little bit longer. Uh, but I, I will say on, on a few occasions, this look like, you know, he, he was letting, I mean, there, there was one play where he, he, I think he was waiting for Adams to break in a certain area of the field and he didn't break it in that part of the field. And he just kind of just got lost in that bracket coverage. So it, it, it's hard to say whether he was supposed to, look at Adams without being in that quarterback room, but all I know is it just led to some inefficient plays. Talking again with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, talking about his piece that he put out, why the Raiders' Derek Carr, Devontae Adams' connection is off to a slow start. And, Ted, how much would a consistent run game help in this connection that they're trying to develop? Maybe soften up the defense a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if the run game will help this connection directly. I think – the run game might help in other areas, um, you know, especially with off the line and maybe just giving Derek Carr a little bit of a break. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think the run game is also ultra efficient right now because um, teams aren't really putting that eighth defender in the box. So if you start running a lot more and they start putting the eighth defender in the box, then the run game might not be as efficient, but maybe it'll op- open up some opportunities downfield. Um, but again, when I when I watch the film, the, the opportunities are there. You mm-hmm. know, it's just not being hit. So if you know they, some of these connections get made and some of these big plays get uh, completed, then you know we're, we're not talking about this one game. So um, I see where this offense is trying to go, and I think they're close. So you know, um, you know, I, I think running the ball a little bit more could help for sure, but. Um, I, I see the direction that they're trying to go, and I, I think they're, they're close to getting there. As far as where the offense is trying to go, we kind of open up the show talking about what do we think the identity of this team is supposed to be because uh, DeMond doesn't know, I don't know yet, and a lot of Raider Nation is not quite sure what the identity that the Raiders are going for. So what do you, when you see it on film, what do you think their identity is, is supposed to be? Uh, I, I think they're trying to spread it out, and they're trying to get the ball to, to their playmakers' hands. They're trying to create space for Darren Waller. They're trying to create space for uh, Devontae Adams, or you know, using a lot of empty formation. Um, and, and they also, you know, will go twenty-one personnel too. But you know, that's not as big as a part of the offense as some people thought it was going to be. But I think mainly it's it spread it out offense that will occasionally get into uh, twenty-one personnel. It said, I know that no one likes to be 0-3. You know, the Raiders, they want to win. But you said it a little bit earlier when you said, hey, this team, they are close and doing what they want to do with this offense. And I mentioned this on Monday to start the week of just, hey, this team, like you said, if a couple of breaks go here or go right, Derek Carr puts enough touch. Let's say if 
Darren Waller, if he two hands that one catch in the Titans game and doesn't one hand it, like, hey, that's a big completion. So do you think in the locker room that maybe the cor- the message should just be, hey, stay the course, and it's not as bad as it seems to the outside? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, when they review the film together, they're they're going to see how close they are to, to making some of these plays and how close they are to being 3-0, and really, if, um, you know, they made a couple more plays in each of these games. So I think the message has to be just to stay the course because, like I said, they, they could easily be 3-0 right now. Talking right now with Ted Wynn here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Ted's from The Athletic and uh, doing, obviously, a lot of film work. And so when you look at the film work and you see that they're close, is it something that you think could be worked on more in practice between Adams and Carr and, and the rest of the offense and even Josh McDaniels getting the play calls in? and Or is it something that's just got to be game work? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, when you watch the film and they start learning, okay, you know, in this situation, I, I want to go to Adam, but in this situation where they're showing this, you know, maybe I'll just peek at him, I'll look here. So I think it's a, it's a little bit of figuring things out off the field, and then, and then you have to actually practice and, and execute it on the field. As far as this game coming up on Sunday against the Denver Broncos, they have a very strong defense, and one of their biggest keys, and Coach McDaniels pointed this out earlier, is the fact that they're strong on first down, so they get into a lot of second and long, third and long, and they just pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. That's why they have so many sacks and have caused so many turnovers. Uh, how do you think the Raiders should attack this Denver Bronco defense so they don't put themselves in harm's way like that? Yeah, I think as far as the run game goes, this is definitely not the game where you want to try to establish the run and waste too many downs and get yourselves in second and third, third and long. Um, I think this is the type of game where you run the ball to kind of keep the defense honest. But I just think the Denver run defense is probably a little too strong. Uh, but it's going to be a fun matchup because I think this is the game where you're going to see um, Adams get, get more one-on-one because Patrick Sertain does follow number one receiver of the round. I'm curious to see if they want to match him up with Darren Waller and uh, with uh, Devontae Adams and play him one-on-one. Um, and if so, you know, this is kind of uh, Adams' chance to kind of reprove to people that he, he's the best receiver in football. And you had an article a while, a while ago where it was how the Seahawks exposed defense how the Seahawks exposed defensive blueprint, blueprint for Russell Wilson. So what is it about taking away Russell Wilson's options or making him look like an average quarterback? Because he has been elite in the past, but he hasn't looked so good this far this season. Yeah, one of the things the Seahawks did was they were able to exploit his um, inefficiency when he rolls out to the left. Uh, so they used some, um, a strategy called on-mirror uh, one that Patrick Graham has actually used um, with the Giants, and I, I think he used a little bit of it um, against the Cardinals, where you're basically forcing a quarterback to run one way, and you're letting a spy aggressively go as soon as he runs that way. So there, there's some ways where you could force Russell Wilson to the left, and I think um, we'll see that as one of the many strategies that Graham will use to try to slow down Russell Wilson. Ted, we just got a couple more questions for you, and I did want to ask you about the Patrick Graham defense because one thing that I saw, especially uh, in the Cardinals and Titans game, was a lot of the soft zone defense, and I was expecting going into the season to see more press man-to-man coverage. Are you surprised by the, the way that Patrick Graham is kind of uh, deploying his his defenders and his secondary in particular? Um, no, because, you know, I, I think there there's some injuries along the secondary, you know, with uh, Morig being hurt. Averett being hurt, um, now Nate Hobbs being hurt, where you know, it limits how much press man-to-man you could play. Um, so you know, I, I think that's part of why you're seeing a little more soft zone than expected. Um, but you know, 
if these guys get healthy, then I expect to see them get a little bit more aggressive. Well, that that I think would be I think that would help. I mean, if they were able to play that press man, and like you said, they do have injuries. But if if they were able to do that, I think it would just help a little bit. If for nothing else, throw the timing off of the routes of uh, you know of the other teams, the opposition that they're they're playing. So uh, finally, for you, Ted, as far as you know, this game goes. Like I say, you talked about the run game, talked about this offense trying to get on track. What do you think that Josh McDaniels, as the head coach, can do to really kind of press the right buttons and set this team up for success on Sunday? Uh, I think it's just about staying the course, um, you know, making sure that the, the culture stays um, a good one and people aren't blaming each other and kind of tearing each other apart, you know, which mm-hmm. could happen when things are going bad. So I think it's keeping the, the, the team together and keeping everybody, uh, keeping healthy work relationships and um, make sure the culture stays healthy. What have you seen from that uh, that that Broncos offensive line? Because uh, they don't really have the strongest offensive lines. This is a game that you think Max Crosby, and maybe even Chandler Jones, uh, could show up to the party and have a have a have a party on uh, around Russell Wilson. Yeah, I know. I, I think you know just watching Crosby. Um, I, I just think he's developed into one of the best players in the league. I, I know the the sack numbers aren't huge, but when you watch him, he just gets pressure so quickly um, against a run. He's become a, an absolutely elite run defender. Um, and as far as Chandler Jones, you know, I think there's schematically some things that they're doing with him where he's just not getting pure pass rush opportunities. And when he does, he, he is able to get pressure. He's gotten close a few times. Um, but, um, yeah, I just don't think that they're just letting him, unleashing him quite yet. Um, so, you know, we'll see if they start doing that in the, in the next few weeks. Um, but I, I think the bigger problem is they just don't have an interior mm-hmm. defender that's able to provide a lot of pressure like they did last season with Solomon Thomas and uh, Quentin Jefferson. So, um, and, and they're, they're, you know, teams are chipping the edges a lot. So uh, when they chip the edge, they're obviously you know, taking away a vertical threat to stop the pass rush. Um, so I think we'll start seeing those stack numbers come in, but when you watch the film, I, I think it's there. I think, uh, Crosby's getting quick pressure. I think Chandler Jones is getting some pressure as well. Um, but yeah, teams are just doing a good, pretty good job of trying to stifle the, the Raiders pressure. Well, Ted, that was a great piece on Carr and Adams. Uh, what do you got coming out in the athletic that we need to be looking out for? Uh, I just have that piece on, on, on Carr. I wrote about Trevor Lawrence this week and, um, next week I'll have a couple more articles. All right, there you go. Well, Ted, we appreciate you as always, my man. Great stuff. Great piece that you put out. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, there he goes. Ted Wynn right there from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at FB underscore Film Analysis. And a really good piece that he put out on The Athletic about uh, Derek Carr and Devontae Adams and just really about the relationship. And, you know, a lot of people think that, well, maybe Derek Carr is not looking Devontae's way. And, and in Ted's piece, it even mentioned that, well, sometimes he's stuck on him a little bit too long. So, again, the piece, if you're looking for it, why the Raiders' Derek Carr, Devontae Adams connection is off to a slow start. 3.44 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number two. Matter of fact, I believe we'll have time to hear from Darren Waller in the Raiders locker room. Vinny Bonsignor had a one-on-one with him. We'll hear that next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 3.48 is the time. Coming up at the top of the hour, we have Lincoln Kennedy. We already talked to Jason Horowitz from the Raiders radio broadcast. Of course, they're on the broadcast each and every game. And uh, we talked to him at 3 o'clock. We'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy at 4. We always talk to Lincoln every Tuesday and every Thursday coming up at 4 o'clock. I wanted to real quickly go over the Raiders injury report. It is out. 
Uh, some guys that did not participate. Only two guys did not participate. Uh, Hunter Renfro didn't participate. He's still dealing with a concussion. So, I mean, as it's Thursday, probably a good chance that he won't play on Sunday. I don't want to say that for sure. We'll find out tomorrow probably for sure. Uh, they'll probably rule him out if he's uh, not able to start to clear concussion protocol. And then this one I think is a pretty big deal. Tight end Foster Moreau dealing with a knee injury. He didn't participate on Wednesday or Thursday. So that to me... DeMond is a pretty big deal because Foster, I mean, I know he's not Darren Waller, but still Foster's a guy that you saw Derek Carr go to pretty early and often. I think he could be a big factor in the offense. So if he's out, that could be a, a big blow for this Raiders offense. And also in the parts of the team that where they use him that they don't use Darren Waller when it comes to run protection. Yeah. Those other things that besides pass catching that he's also valuable for this team. So like you said, could be a big loss. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, guys that were limited today, cornerback Nate Hobbs, he's dealing with a concussion. I think that that's a positive. That he was out there, and I know that Paul Gutierrez from ESPN actually put out there that he had the red uh, non-contact jersey on, but for him to be out there at all in a limited uh, capacity is a good thing. You know, if they are able to get him back for Sunday, that would be great. I'm not guaranteeing that that's going to be the case, but man, if they have an, any opportunity to get him back for Sunday, that would be great. Also, Colton Miller dealing with the ankle injury. He was limited on Thursday. Trayvon Merrick with the hip injury. He was limited on Thursday. And I will say this. Uh, Vinny sent over some uh, sound with uh, Trayvon Merrick in the Raiders locker room as well. So that's a positive. When you start seeing guys talking to the media uh, following practice, you feel like they're closer and closer to returning. So if they can get Trayvon Merrick back, that would be big. Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle, dealing with a shoulder injury. He was limited on Thursday as he was limited on Wednesday. Denzel Perriman battling back from that ankle injury. Limited both Wednesday and Thursday as well. Rocky Asin dealing with the knee injury limited on Wednesday and Thursday. And then two guys that was added to the injury report that were not on it yesterday. Both defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins and cornerback Sam Webb. Hankins dealing with the groin and Sam Webb dealing with the hamstring. So less than ideal to say the least. So that's the injury report. We'll find out another one tomorrow. We'll get it around this time and then on Sunday we'll find out 90 minutes before uh, kickoff who's in and who's out. Uh, Got a Text from a mailman Raider about the uh, about the t- oh no he said he was texting about the Reezys he said Q you got to get the Reezys stick Fuego <laughs> Sir Whiskey Ray said Q you sound like someone who we'd love to hang out with you're a guy uh, you're our guy and want to make our new president of our club sincerely the Grinch old man wearing the bathrobe with knee high socks and old woman with pet cats oh I hate cats I hate cats <laughs> I I do I cannot stand cats man we don't have any pets at the house we don't. And everyone at the house, and the wife is allergic to cats. I'm allergic to cats too. She loves cats, even though she's allergic to them. I said, that makes no sense. Like that makes no, how are you allergic to something, but yet you want to be around it and hang out with them? Like that's not good. That's, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. But she's like, I just love them. So anytime she sees a cat, she goes to pet it. And I'm like, I hit her hand. I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're going to get an allergic reaction, but I love pets. I don't think anyone is as allergic to cats as they say they are. You take a little allergy I'm pill. very No, I'm very allergic oh, really? to it. Oh, dog. My asthma will kick in and oh. I can't breathe. And, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. It's bad, man. It's bad. I, uh, I, can't, I can't be around cats. And uh, Plus, they're disgusting. Cats are the most disgusting animal ever. You know the kind of things that they do and the way they do it? It's just gross. So I'm, I'm just, yeah. Uh, like I said, the only pet that we had at the house was little homie, the turtle. And once he ran away, we were done. I'm still working on getting a tortoise. Twilight's trying to get me a desert tortoise, but uh, that hasn't happened yet. And apparently now they're, they're going to start like, burying themselves. So I guess I got to wait till next year before I can get a desert tortoise. So, uh, but that's, I'll also take care of the pet, right? I'll clean like I did with little homie. I cleaned up after him. I didn't ask anybody else to. If you have a dog, what's the dog going to do? It's going to poop. And who's going to clean up? Guess who's going to be cleaned up? Me. What's going to happen is going to be dog poop right there, and it's going to be like, 
oh, it's not my dog. I didn't even want the dog, right? I mean, all the kids that I've had, they all would look at me and they're like, oh, that's not my, it's not my animal. So then I get stuck cleaning it. So we ain't going to have no dogs. I'm allergic to pet or to cats, so we sure ain't going to have no cat. Uh, little Q, he's got a damn snake. That's on him. You know, I told him, you take that to school with you. Don't bring that thing around here, man. He has some snakes, man. That thing got to go out back and uh, get rid of that thing. So that's, <laughs> I'm just not a pet guy. I'm just not. Clearly, I'm not a lot of guy, right? I'm not, I'm not Halloween. I'm not Christmas. Really don't care about Thanksgiving because really a bunch of your uh, relatives come over that you really don't want to hang out with. Yo, let's get to Darren Waller, man. (laughs) (laughs) I can go on and on and on. (laughs) But let's go to Vinny Bonsignor and Darren Waller in the Raider locker room just a little while ago at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. You know, in trying times sometimes like this, not getting off to the start that you guys wanted, um, how important are are just staying connected? And I know there was like some kind of a meeting or something like that, but staying connected, letting people have a voice. How how important is that? Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's definitely important to not get into any kind of like finger pointing or uh, let any division kind of creep in, you know, because there's a lot of of respect here. It's a lot of uh, love for one another. And uh, just because the results haven't gone our way yet doesn't mean that that needs to go out the window, you know what I'm saying? So uh, in order for us to really do what we want to do and build some uh, consistency with some positivity, we got to stay together. And uh, you got to provide that space for people to be honest at the same time, but making sure there's love uh, mixed in with that honesty, you know what I'm saying? Um, Derek had talked about how this is a different group. It's a different leadership group. It's a different team from last year. And that kind of defining how this group moves forward as opposed to any other group, because this is the only group that's here, is important as well. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel the uh, the urgency from the captains on the team. Um, they just really care. Um, and they're challenging people to up their preparation, to do a little more recovery. Like, whatever it is, if you sit down and just reflect and ask yourself what you could do better, that's what... Um, the leaders are doing they're doing it in a way where it's like you know picking guys up not necessarily like right know, like coming down you know so I, I really like the way the leaders have been handling because it's not easy last question um, when you when you put together the second half against the Chargers the first half against the Cardinals the second half against Tennessee I think you guys are up 48-7 football doesn't play isn't played that way unfortunately but it does show you that there's stretches where you guys can be a dominant football team. Yeah. What's the key to making sure that you could do that for 60 straight minutes? Uh, so the difference is it's not uh, it's not flashes. You know, it's it's, it's hard to be that detailed and execute um, the way we do in those stretches for an entire game. Uh, that's why you see a, a lot of, a certain amount of teams every year are going to like the same point or it's like that execution is it's just hard to do. Right. You know? We gotta find a way to. Uh, do the hard stuff. That's what Josh always says that stick for me is like we gotta find a way to do the hard better, like to make it happen when it's hard. That's what that's what we got right now, and uh, we gotta go do that. Not to say that you can see into the future, but do you see that it's closing in? I'm, I'm getting to that point. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, that urgency mixed with you know guys searching within themselves to say what what can I do better individually. That's gonna make the group better, and I, I can I can tell in practice that it's like people are serious about it because it's like. You know, 
Darren Waller, Vinny Bonsignor on the Raiders locker room just a little while ago, and you heard him just, hey, you got to stick to what you're doing. You know, you can't start pointing fingers. Just got to go out there and execute. And something we talked about quite a bit on the show, play a full four-quarter games just like that. A couple quick texts that I want to get to, one from the 209. I think because our defense isn't there yet, what our identity should be is score fast, score a lot, and once we're up, run, run, run. Our defense has been playing well so far, so we're close with them. And then Trey in Kansas City said, high-power air attack. But our quarterback can't do that. Uh, one more text. Identity is punt coverage and kickoff return. That is what you don't want it to be at all. Uh, you want to be able to score, score, and score some more. Jordan in Southern Utah. Man, I listened in for Raiders content. Now I'm starving. All this food talk is killing me. Uh, that was that was at the beginning of the show. Sorry, Jordan. Just got to that. That was when we were talking about Joe's and all the fancy uh, stuff that they had to, that I had to eat there the other night uh, when we went on Friday night after the show. It was a lot of good stuff. So sorry, Jordan. Didn't mean to uh, get you you know get you hungry like that. But man, Joe's was fantastic. So uh, I had to speak on it because it was so great. If you ever get an opportunity, go get that bone-in ribeye. Go get a lobster tail, uh, maybe get you an old-fashioned or two. You know, just just enjoy what they have there because it's a lot of really good stuff. Uh, Ch- Chilean sea bass, uh, filet mignon. I mean, whatever the case may be, man, go and get it, go and get it, and go and get it some more. 358 is the time. We'll come back, talk with Lincoln Kennedy from the Raiders radio broadcast. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.